DJ and PK, it's time to talk basketball now with Steve Cleveland. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, we're about to have uh, Brandon Averett on. He's going to follow you up in the uh, next segment. He is a uh, UVU guard transferring to BYU. He's already transferred from Oklahoma State. Uh, you're a basketball insider. You got any uh, You got any inside knowledge on him, his game, how he's going to impact BYU, how he's going to be used, anything? You know, I, the, the only thing that I mean, I've had a couple of conversations, and again, uh, he gives you depth at the point guard. Um, and, and he does, you know, he's athletic, he's quick, and, and he can create. And the nice, the nice thing is, you know, he's averaged 12 or 13 points a game in the WAC. Uh, he played in the community. He's already lived in, you know, Utah. And so the, the acclimating part of it's going to be real easy. And that's what they've been needing. I mean, they've been trying to find him. I mean, Alex Barcello obviously can play the point, but now he can also play some two. And um, Brandon Avery could be, you know, he can play a lot of minutes at the point guard as well. So it was a piece that they've been trying to get. I know that. And I don't know all the people that they were involved with. But you start looking at it. I mean, for the transfer, you start with Jake Toulson, who had a huge impact. And now you're talking about, you know, Wild Lowell, who sat out, and Brandon Avery, who who's a grad transfer, and Richard Harward. So there's going to be quite a UVU presence there. I mean, four of those players are all going to play significant minutes. So, it's it's a need they had. It was probably uh, I know they were looking at a lot of other people, but this one they probably had in their back pocket all the time. And knowing that if you know if we couldn't get this or you know whoever they were trying to get, uh, he's he's going to be a nice addition. And he doesn't have to adjust to a coaching staff. He knows half the team, uh, and he's living in a town that he's already you know played in. So the transition will be pretty smooth. I was thinking about Mark Pope and his desire to just seems like he's chasing just about every grad transfer that's out there. And I was wondering, you know, is that the way to go? Because, you know, first year to second year, it's going to be a drastically different team with all the seniors. And then you've got a couple of seniors that you've already recruited and they're going to be gone next year. But then I thought, well... That's really the way of the world at BYU because of the mission program. You got guys coming and going, guys who say, no, I'm not going. Then they get in that environment, and then they decide they are going to go. You know, Kamar did that. I think you were the coach at the time. So you're just juggling guys left and right. So really, this is just par for the course if you're going to be a BYU coach. No, there's no question about that. And and we found that out pretty early when we were there. And I don't don't think – I think probably when we came in, transfers were – just an absolute must because there was really not a team there. And, but we, we learned very quickly that junior college transfers or, you know, and we didn't have grad transfers back then. That wasn't part of the, of the equation, but we, we knew that as young men would leave high school and go right on missions that, you know, they're gone two years and then it takes at least another year for them to get situated that we had to be able to fill in the holes and fill in the blanks. And I, and I think that's what Mark's doing. So I, I, I think with the you know if if in fact a year from now the transfer portal becomes a situation where they don't even have to sit so you get a freebie, man that even enhances and and the, the nice thing is that the, for a, like we've talked about this before but you're talking about great facilities great fan base there's a you know they've had a great history here over over the years had a lot of success uh, I think the the university and this coaching staff have done amazing stuff with social media and and uh, promoting the program, 
So I, I think the transfers are going to be a part of this program for a long time. And as long as the, and again, the mission isn't going away. Uh, so when you have, I think this year they've got <clears throat> three young men going on missions that they sign. They'll come back and they'll get involved in the program. And, and, and you know, Pat, you know, you've been in my office before. We would sit yeah. down and you put that depth chart out. It'd go out eight, nine years. Yeah. You know, I mean, eight or nine years. And, and you're going, yeah, well, he's going to come here and this is what's, what's going to happen. So, uh, you know, someone like Brandon can come in for a year, give them the help they need, and somebody else hops back in. You know, they've got, I think Hunter Erickson got off his mission uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, they didn't have a lot of kids coming off missions, but they got all the pieces they need for this year, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, I, you know, and I, we talked a little bit about Caleb Lohner last time, but they've, they've, got, ten, they've got nine or ten guys that are pretty solid and, and, and they're versatile and guys can play multiple positions. But certainly that UVA, the UVU presence really helped Mark and his staff because they had relationships with those guys. And they're going to all be impact players. Every one of those guys is going to be an impact player in the program. I think, but I don't know, that all transfers aren't created equal. I think when you have to sit out a year, it gives you a chance to get in the program, you know, build relationships with coaches and with teammates, absorb the system and all that, and kind of get into the flow and build some chemistry. When you have a grad transfer, or if they change the rule here, and guys are just coming in, that seems like an enormous challenge if you don't have a core of guys who are in the program year to year. What do you think about that balance of transfers versus guys who are in a second or a third year on, on the team? Well, there's no question that is really important. And, and, and if they, they're, they're sitting and they're just coming in, and, and whether they're coming for a year or two or three, uh, I think one of the things that, Mark and his staff and everybody, and you know, and it's part of kind of the culture of this program is they they talk a lot about the locker room, and uh, you know, I'm you and I aren't in the locker room, but I think one of the things that having those five or six seniors last year, they were able to create an environment in the locker room, and, and that's something they talk about all the time. I mean, that that's part of who they are, and I think when you're going to bring in transfers, you need to have a core group of guys who understand what the expectations are. And it's, it's really helpful that you're, you're better players. And I'm looking right now at, at, at a core group of guys. And while Lowell, you know, he, Gavin Baxter's been, he's going to be in the program. Richard Harward is going to be in there for a couple of years. Uh, you know, you got some guys that are in the program that were actually part of the UVU program. So the transition has been easier over time. That is definitely something you have to pay attention to. Uh, because when you bring people in, and the, and the other issue is this, is that sometimes we can make mistakes, and, and sometimes you miss on guys. Sometimes guys get hurt. Sometimes they don't play out or plan out, and especially when you get, you know, they've got a couple of junior college guys here. There's Spencer Johnson from Salt Lake City. you got Gideon George. You know, Gideon George is an athletic, long guy that can help him defensively. You know, Spencer Johnson, all of a sudden now, Brandon Averick probably comes in and takes some, some minutes. Does Caleb Loner come in as a freshman? Is he good enough to come in here and play minutes? So the challenges that you have when you bring in transfers, you basically are making a commitment to them. You're letting them know where they kind of fit in the program. But when things don't work out and guys don't pan out or they don't play as well as they can and somebody else comes in, then, then you get the reverse effect of transfers where people start leaving and, you know, and all of a sudden – it's not the knight in shining armor. So you have to manage that. You have to manage that, and, uh, and you can have too many people. And the, the hardest thing to manage 
is when you go in at BYU, for me, was when we would go in and we would recruit a freshman and they would go on a mission for two years. And then in the meantime, we brought in junior college guys or other players. And when those, when those young people got back into the program, they weren't ready to play. They weren't competitive enough. And, and consequently, at times, those, those, they would leave because there wasn't an opportunity to play. So you, you have to continue to go forward and recruit at BYU. And, and transfers right now seem to be the best option that they have to fill in the blanks when, when young people go away on missions. Uh, but it can be managed, and it was always – it took you know, you have staff meeting, you sit down there, and you go through this chart, and you start looking at what's going to happen the next seven or eight years. But that being said, as much as you thought it was going to play out that way, seldom did it ever did that ever happen. Because people do leave. And sometimes people get into a program where they realize, hey, you know what, this is a place I really wanted to go, but they've got two or three people at my spot who are really good players. I want to go somewhere where I can play. It's not a matter of, of, of coaches bringing in four guys at the same position. It's just a matter sometimes that guys don't develop like you think they're going to develop. And, and there is a little bit of guesswork. There's not a lot of guesswork on transfers. We know, they know, Brandon Averett scored 12.8 points a game, played minutes at Oklahoma State. He's kind of a sure thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, they've seen him up close and personal. They know he can come in and help Alex Marcello, who will probably play the one and two. You got Connor Harding. You know, now all of a sudden, oh, you know, Wyatt Lowell ends up playing some three. The, the lineup looks like you're looking at it going, okay, this thing's really solid. And I think there's a, they do have a few seniors, but they, they've got a lot of underclassmen as well. I can't remember if I asked you or if we asked you about this, so if I have, forgive me, but I'm gonna, I want to get your thought on it now. This loner kid, you brought him up a couple of times, so obviously you know about him, and I know you talked about him because you had an opportunity of uh, meeting him and his, I think his folks, you told us. But what do you think about a coach being, I don't want to say under an obligation, but whatever it might be in terms of, like for Larry at Utah, to release the kid? What... What is your thought on releasing a player uh, in this situation? Well, you know, and that's going to change differently with every person. I, and, and I don't know any of the circumstances. I, I was actually surprised, and we did talk about this, uh, that, that Caleb went to Utah. Uh, but I do believe it was during the transition with Coach Rose and uh, and there was some unknowns about who would come in and coach and what the circumstances are. But that being said, I always kind of felt like Caleb Loner was probably, you know, just based upon my conversations, he was going to BYU. His dad played there. Seemed to be kind of a natural thing. I think the one thing as a coach, and I, you know, if I have, I'm in Larry's situation, and, uh, you know, you're always trying to do what's best for the kids, but you have to do what's best for the program as well. And that that hurts the University of Utah. And and and, the, and I think the question you have to ask yourself: How how did this happen? What were the circumstances? What's the situation? What's it driven by? How did this how did this all come about? Well, when you're the head coach and you're losing a player, you're gonna, you're going to want to find out every situation and circumstance that went on. Why did why did this happen? What are the circumstances? What was involved? And 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 then you're you're going to make it. They can't replace Caleb Loner. That's the thing. They're, they're not going to, it's too late to replace him. If, if he was in their plans this year to play significant minutes, you know, you, you can understand why a coach or a coaching staff would be upset about losing the guy. And whatever the circumstances were, maybe he just changed his mind and decided, I want to go to BYU. 
whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It, it makes it really difficult. Right now, it seems that the culture in the country is when this happens, people just let them go. The, the culture with transfers, you know, the fact that we're going to probably see here within 12 months, you can now transfer to a different school and, and not have to sit out. So that whole environment has changed. I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm the coach that's losing a, a, a four-star guy that can probably come in and score 12 or 13 points, I'm going to be upset. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, angry. I mean, this is my livelihood. This is our program. We're counting on this guy. Uh, but then again, you don't want someone in your program that doesn't want to be there. And so uh, if, if I had heard that, you know, and, and I read something recently this week that, I don't think Larry was real supportive of releasing him, but whether this is true or not, but the word on the street was kind of the athletic director stepped in and said, Dana, we're not doing that. If kids don't want to be here, just release them. So I don't know what happened, but I can certainly understand how Coach Krasoviak could feel, and, and that's the sense that it hurt his team, and you know what? This is not right. It's not fair. And I can also understand as an athletic director maybe stepping in and going, listen, we can't go there because it could happen to us and somebody decides to come our way. I don't know. I mean, I know how I would feel if I was Larry, and I know how I would feel if a really good player, I was at BYU, Mark Pope said, hey, this kid's coming. You know, it just depends where you're – the perspective is whether you're the coach losing a guy or getting him. But uh, I, I, it wouldn't have surprised me if they told me, hey, they're not releasing him. This – there was something going on here, and whatever the circumstances might have been, I, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. That's the way it is. You'll have to sit. But it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen. The athletic director seems like he stepped in. and but So I, I understand all the feelings and the emotions that come into that from both, both sides. And uh, I, I, that's part of the rules. That's what you do when you sign somewhere, you, you sit out. And, but, the again, it, it's the... The landscape of college basketball is changing, and 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 for really, to be honest with you, the the young people, the their their rights are more protected now. I mean, they can go and transfer and possibly not sit out in a year from now. That protects them. They make mistakes, and um, they're kind of like free agents. And uh, but a, a letter of intent, a commitment, has to mean something. However, I do understand circumstances sometimes do change, and. Uh, and, and decisions like that are going to be made. But it's a tough deal, you know, depending on what side of you. Is he either really happy or not very happy at all? And I think for Chris Kosoviak, they're looking for shooting. They needed a guy that could, could score from the perimeter. They'll, you know, I think they lost the one kid anyway. So this, is, this has to hurt a little bit. Got to sting. This has been trending for coaches for a while, but this just kind of underlines it. So, number one, you've got to be – really in tune with what all of your players are thinking. And number two, you, you really got to be a psychologist or your program's going to empty of talent really quickly. Yep. I, I completely agree. And I, and I think being transparent, you know, you go to, you go in recruiting and when you're recruiting, you're putting your, you know, your, your best foot forward. You're showing all the wonderful things about our program you, you, I don't think you can go in and recruit now and not show a young man or a young woman in recruiting what their role is going to be, where we see you developing, where we see you at, and, and you're having that conversation in the home, on the, on the visit. Here's what we see happening in circumstances and situations. Well, things happen. You know, all of a sudden, you know, an all-high school, all-American who's been 
you know, at UCLA decides he want, you know, he wants to come to University of Utah or BYU or whatever. Those things do happen. There are surprises, but you have to constantly be having those conversations, and and they have to be transparent and they have to be very open. And and, and I think that to be successful in this day and age, you have to be a great communicator, and you got to be able to communicate with the parents and the the high school coaches and everybody associated with that young man being very honest, knowing that sometimes it's not going to work out. But don't let it be because you never had a conversation. Don't let it be because uh, we weren't being truthful or honest or we just wanted to, you know, we wanted to have, instead of having three wings, I mean two wings, we, we decided we needed a third one. I don't think you can overstock anymore because as soon as a young man sees he's not going to play, they're going to leave, you know, and, and not necessarily after a year. But if somebody's in a program for a couple of years, it, it, of course you should leave. If you're there in a program two years and you're not playing, and even though you like the school, but basketball is really important to you, you've got to really consider a transfer, finding a place. And because circumstances do change and the landscape of recruiting is so up and down that you, programs can get really good players when they didn't expect to get a player, and, and how can you not play a guy that decides he wants to come to your place? So it's, it's complicated, and it's, you have to, but you're right, David. You, you have to stay on top of it. You have to constantly be talking to everybody involved. You can't assume anything, and, and you've got to have a sense and a feel for parents and those kind of things. And I remember, I mean, I remember having conversations, and, I mean, it was, for us, things were changing so rapidly and, and, and it, 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 that's not what's happening here. I mean, our situation was so unique that we were trying to just get people to come into the program initially. And then all of a sudden we started getting good players. And some of the guys that were there could see that their role was going to change. And so we, we had to sit down and say, listen, here, here's the circumstances. And you haven't done anything wrong here. And we're not taking a scholarship from you. But... It's you know it's a, it's a situation. If you want to really play, you you probably need to go somewhere else. But that wouldn't have been after two months, or or a semester. It'd be more than likely after a year or two, where you give a guy a chance, every chance you can. And uh, so those those are hard things, really hard things. And there's a lot of pressure on everybody to be successful. I think you know the loner thing to me. Uh, uh, I kind of understand it, but he, here's a situation where I think BYU was a place he really was thinking about going, coaching chains, things happen, and then he sits there and watches BYU kind of have a special year, and in, in his heart he's saying, man, that's where I really want to be. Uh, should he be accountable, held accountable for that decision? Uh, yeah, there will be people that would tell you that he should be held accountable for that decision. You make a commitment, you stay with it. There are others that say, you know what? This is a free world, and uh, I want to go what's best going to help me in my situation and circumstance. So there's an argument on both sides. Uh, but when you're on the side of losing a really good player, uh, it hurts your program. Not sometimes, not just for a year, but a year or two, because you passed on guys that you normally would have taken. Now you got to go back and find those guys through a transfer portal or uh, a junior college guy. Steve, as always, we appreciate it, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, fellas. Have a great week.